Hey, family. Thank you for tuning in to Our Roots Podcast with Joseph Babaifa, where only the strongest roots see the light, brought to you by Botanica Candles and more. And if you haven't had the opportunity, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Exciting episode today, Ifine Christianity. And the woman that I'm going to be interviewing was a practitioner of that spirituality before I actually initiated her into Ifaz and Apetebi. Please join me in welcoming my goddaughter, Miss Kathy Ogun. Thank you for having me, Padrino. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time um, away from all of our wonderful customers here at the Botanica, being that you are an employee here, um, to do this uh, interview with me, especially about such a uh, an intense subject, right? Um, I, I want to get into your background uh, so people can kind of understand where you're from and whatnot before we start delving into the materials. So where are you from? I am from Puerto Rico, Boriquen, Isla del Encanto. I studied specifically in the University of Puerto Rico. I have a bachelor's degree in forensic psychology and a master's in forensic science. I did not know that. <laughs> um, and what, what part of Puerto Rico specifically? San Juan, the capital. Okay, awesome. Now, kind of paint this picture for me. Is Puerto Rico a Christian place? Is it more like Santeria? Like, what is the kind of vibe? Puerto Rico has a rich history when it comes to spirituality, right? Um, originally, the Tainos were there. And after the slave trade happened from the heart of Africa, from Nigeria and the Spaniards bringing them, there was a lot of mixture, a lot of different cultures. But currently, the main religion, if we can say it that way, is Christianity. But you do see remains of spirituality when it comes to African spirituality like Santeria, Espiritismo, or Puerto Rican Espiritismo. And vaguely, the Taino culture but it's very very hidden are do you actually ever come in contact with indigenous people over there like are the, are there still taino people over there or were they you know i do have knowledge that there's still taino people in puerto rico but personally i have never met any so it's kind of like cuba i mean it's very sparse but unfortunately with all the you know the epidemic and famine that came from europe with the spaniard missionaries a lot of our ancestors didn't last. And, you know, it, it is kind of sad because even though Africa, being that when you look at these tribes in Africa, they were so huge um, compared to possibly the tribes that populated islands like Cuba, Jamaica, and Puerto Rico, we weren't able to preserve them the same way. I think little by little, it's starting to become more notable. I would, even me personally, I'd love to, even though I'm not interested so much in the priesthood aspect of things just kind of understanding them a little bit more because that is also a huge part of who we are and, and you see a lot of it in people's like cuadro espiritual you know like oh you have an indio you have a taino you know hot way like all these different things so it, it, it's interesting that there might still be people like that over there you know but um i, I guess you know were you born christian like what spirituality were you born into <clears throat> My family, per se, does practice Christianity, so I was born under that roof. I was raised heavily on Christianity, little hints of Catholicism, evangelic religion. Okay, and, and this was, apart from even your nucleus, like, was this the overall theme within your whole family, like even primos and stuff like that? Was everybody basically going to church on Sunday? That was correct. That oh. is correct. Okay. Now... 
were you ever given a chance or exposed to anything else? Absolutely not. In my household, it was you believe in God because God is the only being that exists. And if you try to do something else, that is considered demonic worship. And how did that make you feel? I felt at first very confused because as a child, children are naturally born curious. Of course. So they're going to start asking questions as to why, but why is he the only one? Why don't we have other spiritualities? In history, we learned about these different cultures. Why is God the only one? Why am I being punished by asking a simple question of why, when, who, what? And I'll give you that as well because I was born into a Catholic home, right? But being from where I'm from in Hialeah, it's kind of like, I don't want to say a joke, but it's almost like this, it's like this inside thing where it's like, yeah, we're all going to church, but, you know, at night, Elegua is getting his rooster, you know? So either you're getting slapped with a piece of meat or somebody's doing a misa or something like that. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic on my behalf, but I will say when I would go to church, and I'd hear the things that were being projected upon us, even as children, it, it scared me a little bit because it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to hell, you know, and then I can't talk about it because my grandmother might slap me when I get home. You know what I'm saying? So it was it, it was a little bit traumatic um, because coming home, it's like, you know, you, you begin you're like divided. It's like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? But I, I couldn't even imagine a situation where everything was the wrong thing. You know, what specific branch of Christianity did you guys practice? We were heavy in Catolica, mm -hmm. very heavy with God, Jesus, Mary. Those were the only saints, per se, that we would talk about. Um, and the discipulo with, with Jesus. But other than that, we were not at least when I was taking classes de catecismo, mm -hmm. I was not allowed to talk about anything else because that could contaminate me in my bautismo, on the classes, and it would basically null me from God. And I have to learn to fear God. So even just speaking about it, you can be contaminated or, you know, divinely punished, right? Yeah. Wow. I, I tell you, if, if you get punished for, for speaking it, imagine thinking it, you know, because these it kind of goes a little bit against what nature is, because if we talk about us as human beings, we can't control what we think. We can control what we repeat. We can control what we choose to stimulate and delve into. But as far as just a random thought that comes into a head, I don't think anybody should be chastised for that, you know. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, with certain spiritualities, that seems to be the method to be able to ensure obedience. And and one of the things I loved so much about Ifa was that Orumila never forced me towards anything, you know? And I think if other spiritualities possibly didn't have these methods, they might have better retention because there's nothing more, it's almost like a romantic relationship. There's nothing more beautiful than me wanting you without needing you. But there's nothing more horrible than me needing you without wanting you, you know? So, you know, you touching on that, especially Jesus and, you know, even some people look at Catholicism and say it's a sacrilege because of the idea of canonizing other uh, other people into sainthood. You know, in some branches, that's completely taboo. But, you know, there's a couple patakis or stories within Ifa that touch on Christianity, actually, you know, even going all the way back to Judaism and whatnot. And one of them is about a gentleman named Jewesung who is who we interpret within Ifa 
to be Jesus, right? Yahweh, you know, Jesus, however you want to interpret it. But divination was done for this person in heaven, where Ifa said that he needed to perform sacrifice so that he would be very famous on earth. He did the sacrifice in heaven. So when he's born, you know, as he goes through his life process and the huge gaps within his story, he ultimately arrives at the age of 33, where he becomes, you know, on the brink of global fame, you know, being the Christ. So his mother, Mary, took him to visit Orula. And when they did, the Oduoyekumeji was revealed, right? This is the oldest sign within the corpus of Ifa. It speaks of the Ten Commandments. It speaks of the Jewish pilgrimage through the desert for 40 years. It really talks about the, the preliminaries into what led up to Christianity. And Ifa told Jewesun that he needed to perform sacrifice to the deity Eshu, apart from other things that came out, which were a ram, etc. He needed to give a goat to Eshu. And Jewesun said, uh, the thing is, is that I can't do that because then my following is going to stop believing in me. And then apart from that, I only worship one God, Yahweh, right? And Elegua or Eshu got very insulted by what he said. He said, even your God has to make offerings to me because I'm the darkness. I am the other half. Whether you want to call me Lucifer, whether you want to call me the devil, Satan, it's me. But I'm not evil. I'm just trying to ensure your life on earth, right? And Yewesung said, I'm not doing it. And Eshu said, well, th that's your decision. So what transpires after that? The interesting part about the story is that they wanted him to make a sacrifice of a ram. And ideally, when a Jewish boy was born, they'd take him to the top of the temple or wherever it may be, and they would sacrifice a ram on his behalf. If you read the scripture, because I went to Catholic school for 10 years, when you read the old, you know, the, the testament that speaks of Jesus, the new, it speaks of how his family couldn't afford the ram and how, you know, they offered birds. I believe it was doves instead. So it's ironic, the parallel, the ram was never offered, you know. But what ends up happening is Eshu actually corrupts the mind of Judas, Jesus's best friend, right? And while he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas basically identifies him as being Jesus or Jewesung. And, you know, he's taken in by, you know, the guards and whatnot to ultimately be tried and crucified. So when they go and capture him, immediately his mother is notified and she goes running to Orula's house. And she said, my son has been captured. I need divination done. And divination was done again. And Oyekumeji came out again, where Ifa said he needed to perform a sacrifice to his head of 401 herbs. But when Mary persisted in them going to the garden to be able to do the head washing, Orula said, we can't because the herbs sleep at night. They can't be utilized. And that's why Jesus's name was Jewesung, which means Ewesung, the herbs sleep. And that's why he was given that name. And ultimately, things transpired how they did. The ironic part about it is, is when Eshu relinquishes Judas's psyche, he immediately was like, why did I just betray the man I love the most? And that's when he ultimately committed suicide. So it's a very sad story, you know. But, but I ask you, you know, before we start interpreting the information, you being someone, because that's really what this episode is about. I mean, it's not to say one's right or one's wrong. But we notice that there's so much testimonial about people leaving Santeria for Christianity based on Santeria being so horrible. We wanted to give the viewpoint of someone who 
didn't say Christianity was horrible, but just found more of their personal truth within us. So I ask you, you being someone who practiced Christianity at one point and now is a firm believer of Ifan, somebody that's really moving forward at quite a pace, when you hear this story, as opposed to all of the things that are said within the Christian realm, how does that impact you? Like, What does that make you think when you hear things like this? It's very interesting, the fact that everything, at some point, it goes to Ifa. You can definitely find everything within Ifa. And it's shocking because, again, I was never, I honestly didn't know it had the term of Ifa. So knowing now this type of information that even something like this, even uh, Jesus, Judas, God, have their own patakis within Ifa, it, it, it shocks a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's not just us. I mean, even when you look within Christianity, especially the New Testament, like when I first, because when I was finding myself, I, I'd, I had pretty much identified with Ifa as a young man very early. But at the same time, you, you still get interested. You're like, are there other versions of this story? And then you see even the Gnostic Gospels, things that aren't readily available to people, you know, that paint another portrayal of what that rhetoric is, it automatically brings you into doubt. And then when we look at the selection process, possibly, when you look at things like the Nicene Conference and when Jesus was kind of voted in as being the Messiah based on Roman influence and a bunch of things that we really don't want to, you know, as Christian practitioners want to talk about because it's immediately um, rejected. Like We don't talk about that. You have God brothers that even went to pastor school that in the middle when they're starting to delve into certain pieces of material, they're like, you know, that really doesn't resonate with me. So it, it really is interesting. And then, you know, just seeing how Catholicism and Christianity really seated itself within Rome, it kind of all falls into place, even though they don't want to acknowledge it. So I, I ask you, you know, was being that there was such a stigma within your family and in your community, did you know of any tia or anybody that was practicing anything in secret that you found out later? After my initiation with you, um, the only one that has fully supported me is my abuela, Abuela Mary. Um, she told me, you have to be, you know, you have to be wary about the family now because sooner or later, most of the family's going to find out. But you did have a family member long time ago, but we don't even know if he's still alive. He used to practice Christianity. Uh, he abandoned it because he did not feel it was right. And he immediately started in Santeria and Palo. Oh, wow. And after the abuelas of the house, um, which was my grandmother from my father's side, she's evangelic, and my great-grandmother found out they immediately outcasted him. So wow. I never Kind of like the movie Encanto. You know, the, 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 the Theo that lives <laughs> in the wall that we just don't talk about, yeah. you know. The only thing that I know because of my grandmother is that he lives somewhere in the U.S. That's it. Wow. Well, to the point where he was completely ostracized, like completely removed from the family nucleus because of his, you know, his no, choices. Correct. No one talks about him. His name is not mentioned. No one knows about him. And it's really interesting, the dynamic, because, you know, you look at especially Latin culture, us being Boricua, 
for something like that to happen, that's not really natural within us because the concept of familia is so strong with us and it comes from our ancestors. It comes from the natives. It comes from the slaves. Like this is the clan, you know, and for something to come in and be able to cause us to completely remove somebody from our lives, that's traumatic, you know, and, and you see it, you see it very heavily. You see it and it, it, it it's, it's, to a certain degree, it's destroyed a community, you know, even within ourselves, because I have people on a daily basis that consult with me that are upstanding members in the church, but they want answers. They need resolutions. And, you know, I think overall, the scripture of the Christian text isn't discriminatory. I think it is positive. I think what happens sometimes is whenever something falls into the hands of man, it can be misinterpreted. And, you know, sometimes it gets abused. And it happens within Ifa as well. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's just unfortunate. But when you look at all of the things that are in Christianity that apply to our belief system, it's really ironic. Because it speaks of animal sacrifice, right? When they would sacrifice to rocks, you know, things like that. You know, it sounds like a really big issue, you know? Right. Or if when Jesus said, um, you need three of me and I'll be there. You know, it sounds like a spiritual Misa. Or even when he would heal people, it sounds like a Reiki session. Um, you see all these parallels of like, well, what was really going on? What changed from the Old Testament to the New? What changed in the first half of Jesus's practices to the next? Because when you look at him, you know, he was a rabbi. And to be a rabbi, you have to be a married man. You have to, you know, you have to go through all these processes. And that's really like just... Um, eliminated from any type of conversation. I mean, how did it make you feel to be silenced? Because knowing you and the person you are, uh, being inquisitive, being so intelligent and being an interpretive personality, how much did it frustrate you to not be able to like ask those questions like even you do with us, you know? It was very impactful on my end because again, children are born curious. We, as children or even now as adults, we are creatures of curiosity we are bound to ask things but when your own figures that you look up to shut you down you end up getting traumatized you don't know how to communicate things right you don't know if asking the question is right because what if i mess up what if i make the question wrong what if i get punished for making certain questions so you end up just being completely isolated from society and from everything altogether yeah, it's painful stuff, especially when you try to be a part of a community and you could just be disposed of that quickly. That's one thing about Orula that I love so much is that all I saw him give were multiple chances. Hey, you messed up? Toma, here's another opportunity. It came with being reprimanded, but he wasn't going to eliminate you. He wasn't going to remove you because at the end of the day, we're human beings. You know, at, at what point did you start distancing yourself from the church? Like at, at what stage did that start happening in your life? I can say for certainty it was in high school because I was put in Catholic school for all of high school and we had a questionable pastor. Okay. Very questionable pastor. Yeah. He would um he installed a sudden rule out of nowhere that we had to inspect the female skirts, but the way that he was inspecting wasn't appropriate. Correct. He would look through the girls' shirts he was found years later on that he was molesting children in the school. It was very traumatic, and it went to the point that I lost faith. 
within the Christianity because even though I asked for help, it went to the point in the middle, I still remember that, in the middle of a misa that we had just the students and everything that we had to do every week. When that information was exposed and I asked, I was told, you have already been contaminated and there's no way you're getting out because not even God wants you. So I don't know why you're asking those questions. Wow, really breathtaking, you know, especially, you know, and, and, and the sad thing about it is it's never the spirituality. It's always the man, you know, it's always the woman. It's always the person. And um, any spiritual school of thought or practice can suffer from people like this, you know, heinous people. Um, and I can't say that Hifa hasn't either. It happens on a much lesser scale. I mean, to, you know, to be frank with you, I haven't heard of cases where that necessarily occurred. Um, I just feel like sometimes, and, and this really is dependent on the person and who they are, you know, whether they're predators or not, sometimes more situations are convenient for them to do that than others. You know, the beautiful thing about the Ifa practices is me as a babalawo, I never have to be alone with a married woman. I never have to be alone with a, a child, you know, without supervision uh, or without the presence of her husband, you know, things like that. And needless to say, I don't want to be neither. Um, it, it definitely protects me, you know, and the fact that, you know, I lean upon my good reputation, the presence of my family, my wife. I think what happens sometimes is when we try to frustrate people to the point where they have none of these expressions, not that it's an excuse, but, you know, you begin to look like how can that not happen sometimes because we're just it's just it's it's a it's it's not a convenient space for any adult man to be in, you know, apart from the frustration of not being able to have a partner, you know, and, and you look even at the elimination of partnership within priesthood. All of this had political ramifications. You know, when we look at, you know, the Catholic Empire, the Christian Empire and the amounts of wealth that came by way of tithing and receiving that 10 percent seed. Um, royalty was trying to figure out how to eliminate these people's wealth. And the way they did it was by taking away the opportunity for them to procreate. Because when the priest died, who got his inheritance was his son. So if we eliminate sons, what happens then? All of that gets accumulated by the state. So even the practice of being celibate has political and social ramifications where, you know, if Jesus, I mean, based on his priesthood, there's no way he didn't have a partner. There's no way he would impose that on anyone else. So I'm sorry that all of your peers had to go through that and you had to go through that trauma, at least from an outside looking in standpoint. But it's, it's nothing short of horrible. You know, it, sometimes we have negative moments within a practice. But, you know, without things, you know, becoming heavier, I ask you, you know, what were some of the good moments you had within Christianity, if, if any, you know, that you can recall? I managed to have a closer friend circle. That's one of the things that, believe it or not, they were also in that same position that I'm only doing this because of respect out of my own parents, but I honestly believe in other things and I want to discover other things. But it also made me realize that I cannot trust only the word of one person. I have the right to ask because I can't take everybody's word for certain, so I need to make sure I have a backup to confirm what you're telling me. So you found camaraderie in your oppression? 
in your censorship, you know, and, and that's huge because the fact that you guys were able to find light in each other, especially when you weren't receiving it from the establishment, it speaks volumes about you guys, that constant search for knowledge and logic. Because, you know, like when we spoke to your god sister Kayla, you know, who has a PhD from Harvard in theology and divinity, like, oh my God, you know, she said it herself, you know, her her grandfather is a pastor even till this day. And one of the things I really recognize, and I think he's in the Pente the Pentecostal denomination, one thing that really separated the idea of this man from other people that I've interacted with is the scientific approach to theology. You know, even as beautiful as these things are, as artistic and as spiritual as they are, there has to be a scientific element towards everything, you know, because ancient science was religion. You know, how do we explain, you know, this? Oh, God, this, this, and this. And as we delve into science, we weren't that far off. We just needed the formula, you know, so it, it really speaks volumes about you guys. I mean, when we talk about, you know, Ifa, um, Ifa's an interesting case because, like I said, your god sister Kayla, through her studies, actually revealed that the majority of Harvard PhDs within divinity recognize Ifa as being the source for all other religions. Like these archetypes, these concepts, you know, really humbling statement, but really solidifying of our place within theology. Um, you know, all if, if all of these other spiritualities did pull something from Ifa, um, it makes sense why someone in that spirituality of Christianity ended up resonating with Ifa, apart from all of your, you know, DNA and your, your ethnicity and culture. When did you first hear about Ifa, though? And, and recognize, oh, my God, this is what Ifa is. That was honestly on 2022. Oh, wow. Believe it or not, through TikTok. Nice. I started understanding what Ifa was, that it had a name, it had branches, it had deities or orishas, that it was so complex, but it was beautiful at the same time. And it gave everybody a space. It gave everybody a spot to be listened to, to be understanded, and vice versa. What did you find so interesting about Ifa apart from the open-mindedness and freedom of speech within it and inquiry? There's so many things, per se, in Ifa that I, I got shocked by and that I was very interested in, but mostly it was how us as human beings, we can in some way be related to the Orishas, based on our characteristics, based on how we behave. And Ifa gives you the tools to become a better person and to develop a good character so you can progress in life. Definitely. And another interesting parallel with you is you're, you're a daughter of Ogun, right? The interesting thing about it is there's Odus that interpret Ogun as being the three nails that were utilized to crucify Christ. So it's, it's interesting that parallel of how you were able to experience that spirituality and ultimately be in this one because Ogun actually, within the interpretation of Ifa, actually played a role in the dogma of Christianity. So that, that's another interesting parallel. Um, what has Ifa provided you that Christianity couldn't? Security, confidence, it has made me realize the potential that I have and that I am not just a number to a lot of people. I am not just 
another human being that was put there and oh well let's see what happens but that i have a voice that i have people that do care for me that do care about me and that i have i have a guardian that's always there making sure that i'm okay another interesting parallel is when we look at ogun he's syncretized with uh saint peter or san pedro and once again such a huge role because that's literally the guy that we base so many things on within Christianity, the first Pope, the Bishop, all of these different things. Um, and bed para creer, I have to see to believe. And that really reflects in your character because you, you wanted that knowledge and confirmation, you know. And there's an interesting thing because you mention security, right? A lot of people arrive at Ifa because people want to feel like they're protected. And it's not that a rosary can't provide this. It's not that a prayer can't provide this. But when we look at the text upon which Christianity is based, which is the Old Testament, this wasn't the only thing they were doing. They were sacrificing, they were cleaning, they were invoking, they were monk-like, like very similar to Ifa, you know, and, and Judaism was around when Ifa was around. So that's why Ifa talks about all of these themes because Orumila, at least in the Odu of Oyekumeji, he was a practicing Jew, you know, and, um, you know, he interacted with Jesus and tried to alleviate his fate at that point when we look at him from a human standpoint. But there's another Odu known as Owani Chobe that speaks of an, another lifetime when Orumela and Jewesung interacted. Jewesung came for a reading in one of his many travels. Because, you know, when you look at the age of Jesus from 7 to 33, we don't know where he was. But Ifa has another part of scripture where it says he went to Africa, he went to India, he he did his pilgrimage to be able to learn all the skills that he was looking for. And in one of those visits to Africa, he interacted with Orumila, or an Ifa priest, and when Orumila did divination for him, the Oduo Wanichobe was revealed. Where Ifa told Jewesung, I know that you're not going to be a practicing Bawalao. I'm not expecting that from you. You got things going on with your Reiki and your Christianity and all these other things that you're doing. You're doing a lot of positive things. I don't want to change that. But please allow me to initiate you as a Bawalawu so you can have the protection. Like Really look at what the scripture is saying. Orumila wanted to protect Jesus. And, and this is what made me fall in love with Orula so much because Orula said, I don't care what you do outside of me, but as long as you fulfill with me, you're going to be okay. Whether you practice Sansei, Vudung, Osha, whatever it is, as long as we're good, I always got you. And Jesus wanted to do it. Jewesung wanted to do it. But the issue was, is he was in too deep already. He was going to be chastised. He was, there was going to be a stigma. Um, all of these different things and to the point where he didn't do it. And then we know how his fate ultimately culminated. You know, how important is it to feel that protection and security from Ifa and ultimately Ogung now that you're involved in this? It's very relieving. It's very reassuring. Like I said, it's it's impactful in a lot of ways. And yes, at first, it's a lot to take. Because one thing that I can say that religion doesn't prepare you for is the moment when you shift in terms of energy, when there's a, sh a shift on everything at once. Wow. And that at least happened to me the moment the initiation ended, the ceremony ended, that Ogun was revealed. I felt an immense weight on my shoulder disappear. And I can say for security that I felt the I got you through all this. You're not by yourself. You never were. 
and you never will be. You're okay. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if they're aware of it or not. We haven't delved into that conversation before, but um, does your family know about your new spiritual practices? And if so, how did they react? My grandmother knows. She is very well, happy. As long as Abuelita yeah. knows, everything's yeah. good. If she knows, I'm fine. And she's honestly the one that I'm closest to out of my grandmother's. And she was very happy for me. She told me I knew in some way you weren't Cristiana. I knew you were something else because the way of you behaved, the way that you behaved as a child, how I saw you, that you interacted with different things, that you would look naturally to other things, that you would ask me or tell me, oh, I see abuelo when you barely knew your abuelo and your abuelo passed when you were very young. So the fact that you could see him, that you could talk to him, I knew you weren't. You weren't going to stay Christian for too long. My parents both know. Uh, my mother knew in one of the trips that she came here when she saw everything, that she saw issues, she saw the warriors, and Whoa. she was shocked by it. Yeah. I told her, I don't care what you believe at this point. I don't care what you think of me at this point. Just please don't touch anything. Don't mess with it because this is mine, and I'm very happy with what I did. And she was very offended by it, but at least on her end, she just told me, same as my father, don't bring any of this up with us because you know our views on it. We do not like it, we do not respect it, and we do not recognize it as something for this household. Well, intense, you know. But I, I tell you, part of becoming an adult is being okay with the fact we're not going to agree with everything with our parents. Absolutely. And, you know, you're an independent woman, you're a mother, you're a wife, you pay your bills, and you paid for what you received, right? So at that point, it's your property. Um, to put it in, you know, layman's terms, you know, it's right. much more, but it's to be respected. And at the end of the day, even if they don't respect Ifa per se or Ogung, they have to respect you because you've made a decision that didn't hurt you or didn't hurt anyone around you. And if it makes you a better person, a better mother, and a better wife, that's perfectly fine. But this is a consistent theme because, you know, as a parent, you're m more worried about what could hurt your child than what they could do to hurt themselves, per se. I remember when, and I, I recommend the Apete B video for any of, uh, any of our viewers that wants to see a similar dynamic as well. My mother, even though we came from, even where we came from, and being in it, she was not a fan of the idea of me becoming a Bawalao because she was afraid, right? Mm -hmm. And even though she didn't use the same words your family may have, she made it understood, I'm going to, you know, the jury's still out on this one. I'm going to make sure, you know, that you're saying it is what it is. And my grandmother, too, at Afrika. So, you know, but with time, they were able to recognize it was good for me, it was good for them, and it was positive all the way around, and it had a good um, outcomes, you know. Um, you've taken very significant steps to relinquish yourself from the church and integrate yourself in Ifa. Do you see yourself moving forward with this for the foreseeable future as oh, far absolutely. as Ifa? Absolutely. I definitely see myself growing here, staying here, developing, and finding myself even further than what I am because I know that I have a lot of potential, and I know I found the correct guidance to do that. Thank you so much. And shout out to Madrina, too. You know, Love she, you, provides, Madrina. <laughs> she provides so much of it, you know. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, this is this is a big question. What would you say to those that are afraid to leave the church and come be a part of Ifa? First off, it's okay that you have your questions. Just because you have them doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you questionable in your faith. It is okay to ask. It's okay to seek for help. But make sure that you find the proper people. Find great godparents. Make sure you go to the right place from the get-go and take that leap of faith. If you are really attracted to this spirituality, to this lifestyle, and you want to learn more about it, don't be afraid to get it done. Do you feel like you made the right decision for you and your family as far as their progress and happiness? Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. And I honestly can take it a little bit further with myself, with a pataki that you told me about Ogun, that he did not, he didn't tolerate society anymore and he stayed by himself. Yeah. I really, a lot to that because I couldn't stand it anymore. Like everybody was judging me, everybody was just being cruel to me, so I just preferred to be isolated. And the only Orisha that managed to get Ogun out was Oshun. And that's kind of where you ended up in a nice beehive, as I like to call it, you know. Kathy, so much courage and so much valor. Um, do you to be able to have this conversation, do you have any final thoughts? Um, just in general, um, for those whether they're leaving the church or not or practitioners of Ifa or not that are, you know, trying to get more heavily involved or progress, you know, what can you say to all your fellow Ifa practitioners now that you're on this side of the fence? It's not as bad as a lot of people paint it. I know that there is a lot of stigma when it comes to the practice. I know that there's a lot of negativity that was cultivated because of bad apples, because there's always going to be a bad apple everywhere. Don't let that negativity block you from what you really want to do. If this is something that you really wish for it to happen, make it happen, because it's not going to happen by itself. You need to work for it. And it'll bring you more than what you think. What an amazing conversation. I want to say thank you for taking the time and once again having the uh, the fortitude to be able to stand up, talk about your story, and talk about a decision that you do not regret. Um, and Orumila thanks you. Ogun thanks you. I, I'm very pleased with the progress you've made within our spiritual house as is Madarina. And we're very excited to see even the more leaps and bounds that are coming, right? So thank you. Thank you so much for having me here and for giving me this space. I really appreciate it. I'm grateful and humbled by it. bless you, Thank you, Padrino. Family, hope you enjoyed this episode. Lord knows I did. A couple things I wanted to touch on before we disconnect. BotanicaCandlesAndMore.com is up and running where you can go ahead and schedule IFA consultations um, or tarot consultations. Kathy's going to be reading with us as well. Um, you can order your products on there. Mentorship programs are available there. The podcast is available on all major platforms. Be sure to like, comment, share, and definitely subscribe. A big thank you from all of us here at Our Roots Podcast. And until next time, see the light. Yes.